1: That how many fans start showing up so visit Scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner
0: tcl is a proud
1: sponsor of the score north studios tcl america's fastest growing tv brand
0: Hockey, yeah, yeah,
1: my favorite it's judd's hockey show and welcome to judd's hockey podcast uh our special guest joins us once a month and we are at his restaurant tavern 23 off france avenue indy dina louie nanny how are you sir
0: very well. Nice to be here. Great. always nice to come here at the restaurant enjoy some good food. See all the patrons here. Give the place a plug. Yes, I do. And I've had a place in Florida since 1972. Yep. In uh, North Palm Beach. I actually was playing in Atlanta on a Wednesday night, and I had friends that were living in Palm Beach, and they had asked me for tickets to the game to Atlanta. I said, sure. So... I called them the day before. They said, oh, it's too nice here. We're not going to come up. Why don't you come down here? I said, I'm playing hockey. What do you you think? (laughs) He says, can't you get away? I said, you know what? As a matter of fact, we got the circus in Minnesota. We're staying in Atlanta for three days. I said, after practice Thursday morning, nobody will miss me. They all go to the bars. So I went down to caught a flight down to Florida that at noon, actually. Yep. Got in early afternoon. Went around. It looked so nice. I ended up buying a place, got the had dinner, went back by a curfew. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very smart man. Yes, very I was very smart man. Yeah, it worked out very well. So, how's life in the restaurant business going these days? Yeah, Good. The restaurant's been fabulous. The food is terrific. Uh, as you could see, uh, it's we, lunch we right always now. have yeah tremendous crowds. Uh, we're just you know very fortunate. We've had the same people here for years and. Uh, the patrons love the food, they love the service, and they keep coming back. We B- like that. Big screen TVs help too, Lou. Yeah, well, no question about well, it. You we changed of- it, Yeah, we added 11 TVs in here. Uh huh. And we doubled the size of this bar. And uh, we brought in, you know, a lot of different menus. We added 45 things to the menu, so now we got almost 90 things on the menus. So it worked out really well.
1: If there's a specialty here, if people, if people asked you, Lou, what's the one thing I should
0: try? Well, you could try anything because we have all different kinds of food. If you like, if you like Stromboli, pizza, uh, poutine, uh, lamb chops, uh, sushi, uh, wok, stuff from the walk, steaks, fish, hamburgers, whatever you like—that's that, that's what we did. We, as I said, we put 95, 90 things on the menu. Now, no matter what you like, the what type of food you like, we do have one of those types. So sure. we're very fortunate that we're able to cater to people's whims and likes and. Uh, our chefs are very good at it, so we've been able to satisfy the people, you know, what they like to eat. Good poutine, by the way, hard to find. So That's, that's for important. sure. Well, I, I just walk around and talk to everybody. I just finished doing that, and everybody just raves about the food, and I think that's what's so important. Excellent. All right, sir. Uh, three weeks out approximately now from the National Hockey
1: League trade deadline, which is a time I find to be uh, fun, fascinating, and Sometimes full of activity, of course. What is your expectation with where the Wild resides right now? And just full disclosure, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. They're going to play the Blackhawks at the X on Tuesday night. Well, What's your expectation about where this might be tracking?
0: Unfortunately, it's going to be real tough for them to make the playoffs. It's not just that they're, uh, you know, seven, nine, nine points out of a playoff position right now, but they've got a couple games in hand. But you have so many teams in front of them. So you don't have to pass just one team. You have to pass a lot of teams. And, uh, you know, when you get to this time of the year, mm-hmm. most of the games start ending up being played in your division, not only your own conference, but your own division, which means in the night that you might be playing and even winning, somebody else in your conference and division is winning. And and so it really is tough to make up ground. And, and right now, uh, this game against the Blackhawks, People don't think it's critical. It's crucial because Chicago's four points ahead of them, and if Chicago ever wins this and gets six points ahead of them, that makes another team with a lot of points in front of you, yep. and it, it becomes really difficult to make up that many points on that many teams as you're getting down to your last 30 games of the season. And the other factor that's got to drive hockey people crazy,
1: but it's just a fact of the standings now, Louie, is how many games end with three points being um, awarded, basically. So, like, if if you're the Wild tonight and you win in overtime, okay, that's great, you get two points, but Chicago still gets one. So, to me, it seems like unless you win games in your conference in regulation, you're spinning your wheels a lot of the time because opposing teams are in three-point games.
0: Well, that's why I'm saying it's tough to gain those points because it seems... Some way or other, everybody's, you look around the league, and there's an unusual amount of, and that's not just this time of the year, it's all year long, a usual amount of three-point games. In other words, a lot of teams get a point from a tie, as you just pointed out, and going into overtime. So it, it's difficult. It's really difficult. I used to always track from March, the first week in March, to the end of the season, which is usually April 4th or 5th, yep. and, and look to see how many teams... Could make up four or five points, because you know we we had to worry about where we were in a situation. Are we going to get to that point? And I can tell you, I can only recall once, and I think that was '79. It was the Islanders and the Maple Leafs. When the, uh, it was one, I think it was the Islanders that made up that m- amount of points that late in the year. Otherwise, you don't see teams that come from a five-point deficit down. The first part of March and make the playoffs. So now, if you're nine points and you're in the first week in February or in the second week, that's just like being in March and five points. That's why I said it becomes real difficult, right? Do Do you like the three point games? No, I don't like them at all. I I I I, I like to see either win or a loss because that's what happens. You either win or lose. I'm with you. And yes. and and I think that. The NHL did it for a purpose. I know what the purpose obviously is for a marketing purpose. And if I was running a team today, yeah, I'd like the three-point thing. As a fan, I don't. And the reason why, if I was associated with any team, it keeps everybody involved, so it's really good for marketing, for yes. selling tickets, stuff like that. As a fan, I, I like win and loss. But if I was involved with a team, I love the three-point game. Gotcha.
1: Our, okay. Our potential trades. What type of scuttlebutt are you hearing about the Wild as the deadline approaches, and how much activity do you think that there will be from their end as this start to become clear of what the path might be for their season?
0: Well, I think because of the Wild where they are and what their lineup looks like now, and what they have in the lineup, the trade deadline is just another tra- uh, dead. It's just another time to trade people. I don't think that it really affects where they are or going to be because. They're in a situation that they've got to be trading, and and just because they will or won't make a trade by the trade deadline won't affect the moves that they're going to have to make in the offseason. So I just see it as a series of moves that are going to have to be made, and whether they make some at the deadline or before uh, is almost immaterial. The only reason why it, it becomes fruitful is you might be able to get a little bit more from a team thinking that the piece they're getting from you might make a difference for them making the playoffs or going far in the playoffs. Like Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh. But otherwise, I I say that uh, the Wild themselves have to look at what do we really want to do, where are we going from here, what's our plan. So it's a long-range plan. So it, it is affected, but only, in my way, a minuscule way at the deadline. Do you think Garen, at th- this point, has probably decided
1: fully the direction here, Or do you think that there might be a temptation because of all the potential points that we talked about and the fact that they've got a bunch of home games still left here, Lou? Do you think that he might wait and see a little bit? Because I don't know what the emphasis on a potential playoff spot would be. Personally, Personally, I think if you do somehow sneak in, you're probably one and done. Um, but as far as how he's wired, do you think he's got a, de- a definitive plan right now or that he's going to
0: wait a couple more weeks or you know, another week, for instance? Well, I, I personally think he's got a plan right now because he's had time to look and assess. And I sure know that uh, Bill's a smart hockey man, and he has obviously uh, been formulating an opinion not only on the team but on individual players and the needs and the likelihood of – uh, where they're going to be and where they have to go. And I do think that a short-term surge here could maybe just slow down his, his um, actions. But long-term, I think it's already set in his mind uh, as to what he wants to do and has to do. And, and if they somehow go on a run right now right. that keeps him competitive for a playoff position... I personally don't think he becomes a buyer. I, I sure, think he'll right. try trying write it out. But he might not trade guys at the deadline.
1: Right. So I'm, I'm going to give you the names that have been thrown out there the most and reported, and just want to get your reaction uh, to them potentially being dealt either at the deadline or in July. Louis, start with Zucker, whose name has been thrown out to Pittsburgh uh, quite a bit, and who I could see that if he got paired on a line with Crosby, could make a big impact there.
0: Hey, That sounds good. I mean, there's, for him, it sounds good. For him and, and for Pittsburgh. The, yep. Zucker can score goals. He hasn't lost that ability. He's a, he's a goal scorer. And getting opportunities with Genzel out right now with Pittsburgh, Yep, uh, he could fit in a wing and, and uh, fill that spot. So I, I think for Pittsburgh, they liked him before. I think they'd like him a lot more even now. So that, that move is very plausible. The only thing is, what do you get back? Because that's you're what, giving up. going to be my question. You're, you're to, what would you you're want? You're giving back? up. You're giving up a, a real good player. Well, you know, I, I'd first of all, I'd want a, a, a draft choice. I'd want the first pick, okay? Because I think Zucker definitely warrants that. Which is probably and a late Pittsburgh, first round pick. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be a late first round pick. Uh-huh. And then I'd want a prospect or two. And I think that uh, Pittsburgh Rutherford's a very good hockey man. He's had tremendous success. And one thing about Rutherford, he's not afraid to make deals. And he's not afraid to do things. And he does know that when you have a Crosby and a Melk and a Latang on your team, and a Genzel, you have people like that. It's a lot easier to attract free agents if you need them to come to play for you. So if you give up a, a first-round pick, it's not like you're, you're not going to be able to build or develop because you can attract other people through free agency and, and young people, people coming off their first uh, contract after being a restricted free agent, and, and you, you, you'd you be able to get good players there. So I, I, I'm sure he's not afraid to do it, and I think that of all the deals that you're probably going to talk about now, yep. that that's the most likely. If they offer you um,
1: th- their first-round pick and Galchenyuk, what's your response to that?
0: Well, I do the deal because I know they're going to trade Zucker. The way I, I see what they're doing in their plans, I really think he's probably number one on the list right now to go. And, and I like Zucker as a hockey player. I like his capabilities. I like his goal-scoring ability. I, I like his speed. So yeah, his Speed is special. I, you know, that's the kind of player you want. Gileinchuk, you know, really hasn't lived up to any of his billings from Montreal to Phoenix, wherever, but he's, he's a commodity that could be steady. I, you know, I, I personally, if I was making a deal, I'd look over the, the lineup and the prospects and the people they've already drafted and see if there might be something rather than Geliancic that i take. But mm-hmm. I can understand taking him because he can't play center. Center's right now a spot that uh, you don't have... A lot of people that are really natural centers, and that was Galianchuk's position, so that that could be a move that they would make. So, but before you got the job here, uh, Garrett
1: worked for Pittsburgh. Lou is making deals with with former bosses
0: and potential friends easier or harder? I don't think there's really any difference. I think that uh, I, I I think that you both know each other, so I think there's a respect there, I know there's a respect there and, and I do believe that they would try and make a deal where both teams would come out okay I, I don't think that you you necessarily are afraid of making a deal with someone you've been with because you know the player you're talking about and he knows that you know the player and he also and and because you have someone on the team that he wants doesn't mean that he, he's going to like him less because you're willing to trade him because you know, some people just like different players, and that's just the way things go. And they have different openings to fit them in, where they might, like, Zucker might fit better with Pittsburgh than he's fitting with the Wild. Sure. So it's understandable to want to make a deal if both teams can fill holes that they have at the present time. So I don't next, think it hurts. Next
1: name that's been floated, at least in reports, a guy that you like a
0: lot, I know, Jonas Brodin. They better they should not trade him I don 't even want to bring that up. I think that that's <laughs> ludicrous that's ludicrous you don't get players like that. You can replace that kind of player and and so i, I you know you you just don't replace defensemen that are that consistently good defensively and skate that way yep. and, and and let me tell you something just for your own thought, look for a moment and notice where. Susie was when he was playing with Brodine and how well they played. And Susie's still playing okay, but the difference not playing with him. And and remember when Souter almost won the, the uh, Norris Trophy, came second. Yep, he was playing with Brodine. I, I mean, just go right down the list. That happens. I I, I don't even think they should entertain that. They, they, you know, they could you could say anybody you want. I, I I don't know what they'd want, but I wouldn't trade Brodine. So. That's just the way I am. <laughs> so you're passionate about that well, one? Well, because he's young. Yeah. And, you know, well, he's that's also, the difference. You, you know, you you have to say, okay, uh, how long is it going to take the Wild to be really a good contender for the Stanley Cup? A real good contender. Right. A bona fide contender. Right. And if you want to be realistic, you got to say, give him four or five years, right? You, Everybody else, you have... 31 is going to be 32 teams trying to get there. Right. They've all been trying to do it. Some teams haven't been there for 50 years. So let's say four or five years. Well, four or five years, Brodine's still going to be like 32, 33. Your other guys in defense are going to be that are you know, really good are going to be 35 to 38, yep. 39. Yep. So why do you trade away a guy that could be part of your plan four years from now? So, so in Brodine's case... You call him in at some point soon and extend him. You don't trade him. You, you extend him. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Fair if enough. If he wants to extend, I extend him right now. Uh, one yeah. thing you have to remember, when you look at players, the one thing that can keep you going longer than other things is the fact that you can skate. Mm-hmm. And nobody in the league on defense probably skates better than Brodeen mm-hmm. with the agility and the speed. And that's why he's so coveted by so many teams in the league. And he's not what I would consider to be, like,
1: certainly a sexy player. But the one thing he brings is he's, to your points, remarkably steady. Like he's remark you there, there are nights you don't notice
0: him, and that's a good thing. Yeah, well, because he's, he's steady. Right. Well, he's to win the game. You got to make sure the other team doesn't score. If they don't score, they don't win the game. Yeah. And right <laughs> now. The thing that he can, oh, you can always count on him as being real good defensively. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. You, you know, you you'll make mistakes by commission, but not by omission, and, right. and that's him. He and, and and if you got you got a tight game, you got you got say uh, Connor McDavid out there. Yep. Who on your defense can skate well enough? To be able to keep track of Connor McDavid, he's the one guy. He's the one guy, and that's why other teams want him so badly. Next name
1: for you, and we, th- this has picked up steam. And in fact, there was an athletic report today about him being a top target now of the Maple Leafs, Matthew Dumba.
0: Well, you know th- that's that's really a a question. I think right now that is puzzling management. Because you have to make a decision. Who is the real Matt Dumba? Amen. And that's it. And last year, his first 30 games, we know how tremendous he was. He hasn't been able to bounce back. Now, if I were to trade Matt Dumba, I'd want a lot for him. I I, I mean, I'd want a significant amount. Because you are giving away potential. And you're also giving away someone that you've seen capable of of being very, very productive. So who is the real Mad Dumba? And, and to take that chance, you've got to make sure you're getting someone back in return that's going to be able to uh, do something for your hockey club, be productive in some ways, be an important piece of your team. Because uh, when a player's not doing as well, yep. people try to steal them. And that's when you've got to be very careful of saying am I giving him away because he's reached his peak and he's never gonna get back there and they think they're stealing him and they're not? Or if I you know my if I trade this player, I'm thinking I'm really giving away a guy that I think is gonna bounce back. So there's a difference there. All right. What's your guess? Who is the real Matt Dumba? You have I think so I, I think he's I think He's somewhere in between. Everybody got carried away with his offense, what I really believe he's capable of doing again. Okay. But they still, when they were looking at the offense, they were forgetting that there were defensive lapses that he's, that he's prone to do. Mm-hmm. So Matt Dumba is a very, very effective player offensively when he's at his best, and he's at best average defensively. He's a de- average defensive defenseman, so you have to combine the two. And and uh, by the way, look what the Wild did when they trying to get the best out of Dumba; they moved him with Brodin. Yeah, so yeah, again, here's a Brodin name coming up. His, his so, skill
1: set, though, intrigues me too.
0: Yeah, right shot
1: defenseman has has a, a skill set that is not e- easy to find. And and I gotta believe Lou that the injury he suffered in the fight with Kachuk last year against Calgary has played some type of role here, too, because the recovery was certainly slow. I just, I think right now, to what you're saying, is if you bailed and traded him, I think you'd be selling low on a guy who could potentially bounce back
0: next season and be really good. Well, that's why I wouldn't sell him low. That's what I'm saying. If they trade him. But they you better the trade him in their mind. Well, then you don't trade him. Yeah. I, I would not take the chance trading him for just the sake of trading him, I'd want to get something of quality back because I, I would not give up on Dumba just because he's having this kind of year. What happens to a guy like Dumba, uh-huh. and it happens to a lot of players, when they've had outstanding runs or seasons in the league, and this was a run because it wasn't a full season, when, when that happens to an individual, he comes into the next year and he's bouncing back off an injury, trying to come back, and he's not as productive early. the pressure mounts. He never ever is getting back to that point where he can relax and say "Uh, I found it. Because he's got to get something to go in the net. Yeah. He's got to get something to go in the net. And the more you press, the less effective you are. The more you don't score, the more you try and pick corners rather than hit the net. Uh, All little things that compound the situation you're in. And if some don't Go in by accident, deflections of uh, the opponent's legs or sticks or goalie misplaying it, then then you continue the situation you're in. And that's why I think that he's going to have to be refreshed. I really do believe it's not that that he's a right hand shot. He's a right hand shot that can shoot the puck. Yeah. I mean, he's really got a howitzer. That's right. And so. Well, he's a power play dream, I think. Yes, he is. And that's. And that's, and, and that's something, by the way, that on a power play, when he's going through the problems, I, I find him overpassing rather than shooting and <laughs> hesitating to shoot, yep. which drives me nuts because the way he's going to get out of it is shooting a puck. And if he shoots it off the pass fast enough, goalies can't react to that. Yeah. Unless he hits him, it's going to be in the net. Yep. So I, I think that, you know, he, he could do things to help himself. But I, I, I do believe that uh, the kid's a quality quality offensive player. And adequate enough defensively that I wouldn't be giving him away unless I got something in return that I think is substantial enough for me to make that deal. I would put him on the power play, Lou, in the
1: Ovechkin spot, hmm. and I would say, Matt, every time you pass from there, I'm finding you a
0: hundred dollars. Well, that's where he's been standing. I love, but I the love play. the idea. He should, but but he's not. He's not shooting the puck. That's why I find him. Yeah, and, that, and I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I that, find him to say you got to shoot the puck. Well, you can't do that, unfortunately. The players those would be done. It's no fun. But 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 that's making the point to him. Yeah, that's making the point. Say, I'm I'm theoretically finding you, and I'm going to let you know what you owe me. <laughs> yeah.
1: and you know, and if you miss, net, yeah, yeah. you miss the net, you miss the
0: net. But but I tell him off the off the start, just shoot for the net, not for the corners, because the one thing about missing a net from that spot which a veteran doesn't do very often. That's why it's really good. Is because when you miss the net from that spot, puck goes around the boards and down the zone. Right. And you've got to re- 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 revamp. Regroup, but right. I think that uh, that's what he's got to do. And, 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 you know, maybe he won't come this year. But I think he's going to come back because when, when you got the capability of shooting like that, and his wrist shot's great, too, mm-hmm. and he gets it off fast, That I think he'll, he'll, he'll come back with a much more productive year next year than he's having this year. Marcus
1: Foligno, who, by the way, I would not trade. I would. I like this kid a lot.
0: You know, for Foligno, Foligno has been uh, probably been their best forward all year long, most consistent, without a doubt. Yep. And and to get a guy that that not only competes at art every night, but has been much more productive than he's ever been in his career, basically, and 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 can kill penalties. You you know, when you're making a trade. You should always remember this. I'm making this deal because after I make this trade, I fully believe my team's going to be better off than it was before I made the trade. Yep. And that's how you make a trade. It doesn't matter if the guy you trade goes off and scores 80 goals because he wasn't getting 80 goals for you. It matters are you better off than you were before you made the trade. And I frankly can't see how somebody is going to come in and make you better off by trading Foligno than you were before, because they know felino has got limitations o- offensively. Right. So the kind of deal they're going to try and make, you know you know what they're going to try and do there? They're going to give you maybe a second round and they might throw in a player hoping to tantalize you with it. But you got to remember, you better make a good pick with that second round or, or you're lost. Yeah. And see, there are other guys you're probably going to get to that you can trade. And it's not that you you just don't want to trade Felino, it's he does a certain job for you that you know you, that's what you're, you need on the team for for different things you, you build a team not all all just offensive players you got to have different types of players defensive players, physical players, and he fits into another category where I don't think you'll get enough back for him. He to me is an outstanding third line guy,
1: and yeah. to your point works his butt off yeah. and he, he's the exact type type of guy that if I'm this team, I want to reward. And say, because, you know, he, he's a guy, his Lou, his first year here from Buffalo, I thought he was awful. And, and then he picked he up his next, he picked up last year and was better. And this year, I think he's a hell of a player and works his, you know, rear end off almost, as far as I can tell, every shift.
0: Judd, you hit the nail in the head. This guy has got substantially better every year. Every year. And now he's really coming to his own. This guy would be a coveted player by anybody in the league right now would like to have Marcus Fellino. They could fit him in on their team. And that's when you know you got a quality player. There's not a team in the league that he cannot go to and play for right now. Yep. And what you said, the first year here, no, that, wouldn't, that would never happen. In the second year he got better, yep. still wouldn't have happened that every team wanted him. This year, without a doubt, this guy would be wanted by every team in the league. And what a playoff guy. Yeah. He, he yeah. would
1: be in that because, you know, he obviously the perfectly. style of game changes. In that style of game, what he would bring to a playoff yeah. team, the third line would be just outstanding. Yeah. Our last guy, Eric Stahl, who ha- has a no-trade well, shouldn't list. shouldn't be your last guy because
0: I'll give you the last guy should be. Okay. But, okay, Eric okay, Stahl. let's go through Eric Stahl yeah. first. <laughs> okay, Eric has who, got ten teams, right? Yeah. You can block trades too. Yeah, and if they get, you know, Eric has been a phenomenal player for a while since he's been here. Yep. And he's done everything they've asked of him. And he's the type of guy that somebody, some other team in the league that wants to make a deeper run in the playoffs definitely would be interested in. And, and because he's not going to be with the Wild when the Wild get to where they want to be. Because yep. he's older. If they could get something from him that helps you know, them build, then they make that deal. And, and uh, like, Is that, that just, a dra-
1: draft pick, or what
0: What would a player like that bring back from a potential player? Well, you'll get, a, you'll get a draft pick for sure, but you might want to prospect off one of these teams that you think, you know, you, you might have a read on somebody that you might think is, you know, going to hit heights. Maybe even a team they're coming from doesn't think or doesn't believe. So you try and make that kind of deal, but he, he is definitely a candidate. To go so like a prospect at a second round pick is there a prospect? Well, I don't know if you get first? a second. you might get a second for Eric. You get a third and a prospect. Okay, or I don't know. You wouldn't get a first for Eric because of his age. But yep. you, you might get a second, late second, and and the pick I, and a player. So, I, it you know, but more likely a third and a player. Okay, who did I miss? You missed Jordan Greenway. Okay, floor, and, and the floor I say is yours, that sir. because. What we've been talking about here all the while yep. is what is Greenway's level? Yes. Where is it? Is he going to come along as Felino's progressed for three years, got better and better and better? Yep. Now, when you look at the size, you let the, the skill set, and you look at the youth, you got to be very careful when you trade a guy like that unless you're sure... That he's never going to hit a level past X, so you have to make a determination, right? What do you think his levels at, and are you willing to trade that? Because he would be somebody that could bring you a big package, I would think. He would be someone that people would be willing to take a chance on, and you know the type of team would take a chance on him, a team that's building, that's good and young, and still, you know, needs more parts. Okay, and and say hmm. He might be someone we take a, a chance. Wouldn't on. they be skeptical of the fact that you're bailing well, on? Oh no, him? but that's what I'm seeing. Everybody has a different judgment. Okay, and you know you always so, say that's how trades are made. Somebody thinks that they somebody they're getting could do more for me than they were doing for you. So
1: have have you judged that you're concerned enough about what you've seen that you would shop him because of this?
0: I w- I would be interested in seeing what they're willing to offer because we're talking about building the wild. And and you have to build by getting really quality, high value. Sure. And he's, in my mind, the guy. If you, if you want to make a determination, he could bring quality, high value. If you think he's at his level, if he has not at his level, then you don't trade him. That, I mean, these are what those guys are paid for. They right. got to make those judgments, those kind of ideas. That's you know he, he you know because right now he's you know he's six foot six. He got good skills, great hands, and he. He's he's a force along the boards when he wants to be. Needs more consistent intent, intensity. Absolutely. Will you get that? Will he do that? I don't know. But that's what you're making your judgments on. It's got to drive hockey
1: management and coaches. one, one thing that has to drive them the, the most crazy with their own players, Louis, has to be this: a six foot six guy who plays six foot six three consecutive nights, and then for two weeks plays five foot nine. It's got to dri- that stuff has to drive you or had to drive you crazy, and it's got to be driving Bill Guerin crazy because that West Coast trip a few months back, Jordan Greenway I think starting with the Sharks game was a man possessed, and I saw a guy there and he didn't get a lot of goals but I didn't care he was running all over the ice and looked fantastic, and the last month or so see that guy some nights guy disappears some night it's got to drive you nuts,
0: and that's that's why I'm saying he's. One of the pieces that you have an opportunity to really build on, if you think that he's never going to get to the point you're talking about, because no matter what you say, the guys have seen him do those kind of things, and he and he becomes attractive. Everybody's always we're talking about Kelly Yanchuk being traded three times already. Yes, look at supporting the season. You look know? at look at Andrew Duclair. In, in 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 Ottawa, <laughs> he's with seven teams here in five years, four years, yes. and now he's got twenty some goals, and made the all star team. So everybody's waiting. When is this going to happen? Now the real question with Duclair is going to be: Will he do it again next year? Absolutely. Since everybody saw. Well, they, they've got two guys, right?
1: They, they've got Duclair, and, and then who? Who's the other kid that, that supposedly? had, I think his contract's up. Dejo. Yeah, he's another guy. Yeah, my theory there. No pressure leads to big stats sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about you know, that. You, you get traded yeah. to a to a, a contender, and all of a sudden you start to hold that stick tighter. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it, I don't think in Duclair's case it was the pressure. He's it's just the way he's wired, and, sure. and because he he has got that skill set, that's why he's drafted in the first round, and that's why uh, Rangers were so high in the beginning. I'll give you another guy. Look at Tony D'Angelo. He's been with four teams or so, and. In four years. Playing tremendous right now for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, so these guys were young and, and they moved around and all of a sudden they hit a level. And Now, if they continue that level, these were great trades that these clubs made to get them. Is what I'm saying. Now, if they don't hit that level, then you say, mm, you know, I made a bad deal getting the guys. Sure, sure. B- beyond Jordan,
1: am I missing anyone else from the wild who you think might be dangled before February
0: 24th? Well... There, there might be, a, you have to remember, the are in a situation where some of the better players got no trade clauses. Right. Yeah, was not going to be traded. And was not going to be traded. Parise probably would excite some people, you know, that uh, but would Zach waive his no trade clause, you know? Well, and he's
1: got that recapture deal that I don't fully understand, but if he retires during the course of the contract, which he might... It comes back on the wild salary cap.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be in the wild salary cap even when they trade him yeah. because they're not going to take the whole thing. So, uh, and and some of these other guys, uh, you know, like even Spurgeon, he, I, I believe he's got no move in there. Yep. Right? So when you look at it, you say it's okay to make trades. What are you going to get back? Right. We can we can even you know some other guys on the team that aren't really playing all that well, or when I say all that well, to get something really high of value back. Right, yeah, you get parts back. So when you're talking about you don't make trades just to make trades, you make trades to improve your team. And so we're almost exhausting the list of guys that you would trade that can really bring value back. Has Spurgeon's play dropped off this season? I don't know if it's dropped off. I just I I, I think that the, as a whole, a lot of times, you know, you, you get scored on when when they're not good goals. You're on the ice and you get a minus. I think that uh, one thing that we all know that the stats for the goaltenders are down this year. Yep. As far as you know, save percentage and and, uh, and goals per game and, and and Spurgeon's, you know, who's been a very high plus player for a long time. Is nowhere near that altitude now because of go- Wild have given up a lot of these goals. So, and he's been on for some of them. If you were the GM of this team
1: right now, what would go through your mind every night that you see Victor Rask in the lineup, sometimes on the second line, and Ryan Donato not playing?
0: Well, I mean, you know, once you've made deals, you have to live with them. So. You know you can't. But don't you, you want can't to see him. Huh? Don't you want to see Donato play though?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I just like to see him get yeah substantial time to make a determination.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they were giving him substantial time. I think. I think they got. They they have to. You know. Uh, let, let, let me put it this way: you got Mayhew down on the minors, leading the minors in goal scoring. Yeah. Uh, it might be time for him, you, you know, and I could see where they're coming from there. They're probably saying uh, they're, they're not physical guys in the boards, maybe they don't win battles, and and uh, you know, maybe is that going to be good enough? So maybe that's the thinking. But uh, Donato is a guy that could be productive. Uh, he he gets in the streak, he can put pucks in the net, and, and you, you, maybe you got to say, We, we got to give this guy a run, too, you know. But I, I think that one thing that the Wells trying to guard against. I don't know this for a fact, but sure. you have a lot of small guys on yeah. the wings. Yeah, so they're probably thinking, how, how many guys can we have? And and the smaller guys are they going to win battles along the boards? Prezi comes up with pucks on the boards. Yes, he does. Zuccarello comes up with pucks on the boards. Now, but when you when you say I got Prezi or Zuccarello, I got Zucker, I got Donato. Uh, I know, I know, Mr. De- I I got some smaller guys on the boards that are supposed to be my scores. You're, you're starting to get a lot of guys. Maybe that's why they're not putting Donato in as much up on the top two lines. Oh, and Fiella, that's five. Fiella, yeah. So you got five. also a streaky,
1: but I yeah, like his potential. Yeah,
0: me too. So you got five of your ten wings basically right there, and and uh, so you you, you got to you got to think of the other parts of the game, how good are we going to be uh, overall as a team if we're not coming up with pucks along the boards as often as we should. The Donato
1: thing that intrigues me, Lou, is in in a, a league, and we talk about this frequently on the podcast, but in a league where I don't know why, but everybody seems to want to pass, Donato will shoot the puck, which, yeah. I, which in 2020 I absolutely love. Because I think that might be the thing about going to games now that drives me the craziest, is the amount of shot opportunities passed up in favor of passes that don't even appear to be high percentage sometimes. So like trying to force the puck across the, you know, through the slot, it's yeah. gonna, it's, it gets picked off.
0: Well, I think that the well are lucky they do have a couple guys. Zucker and, and Parisi will shoot. Right? And Zucker does shoot. He knows, and Parisi shoots. That's why they're goal scorers. Mm-hmm. That's why Donato... His forte is shooting the puck, is, is scoring goals, and he's not afraid to shoot. Uh, Zuccarello will overpass. And he makes great plays, and, and and he seems to be a guy that loves to set up more than he does score goals. <laughs> he definitely does. And he, and he does that, although he's got goal-scoring ability, but yep. he does pass quite a bit, overpass, uh, you know, to a point. Even Fiela sometimes uh, passes a, a little too much. But I've seen him lay, you know. When he gets into a slump in that, then he starts to shoot a little bit more. And I think maybe these guys realize when they're not scoring, they get in slumps themselves. Then, then they start passing up the pass and start shooting the puck. Yep. Because I'm sure they're getting hit by their coaches, and even their teammates shoot the puck, shoot the puck because yep. they're not scoring goals. And I'm I'm just saying league wide too. Guys oh yeah, just love yeah. to
1: try and. It, yeah. It's like everybody tries to to set up the perfect play, which. I think used to be the case on the power play, but now it's 5-on-5. Five five. You see him trying to set up the absolute perfect play, and, and there, there's just not enough room on the ice to do it, and it drives me nuts because there's open shots that at least could be had. So. Well,
0: one of, the, one of the things is uh, they're not as open a lot of times, and, and, and you see a, so much traffic in front of the nets. Yep. They, they, a lot of times they don't think they can get it through the players, and they try and pass it by the players to get a wide open net. Okay, so by the February 24th trade deadline, Blue Nanny,
1: what's your prediction about a couple of the biggest names outside of the Wild who might be moved? Taylor Hall obviously got dealt from Jersey. Yeah, to he won't be moved okay? to uh, the. Coyotes. Chris Kreider,
0: Chris Kreider is probably the biggest Rangers? name that okay. could be moved. I think he's uh, a great asset. He's he's big. He's strong. He's fast. He can score goals. And Rangers are still building. And if they slip farther, they're 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 gonna have salary cap problems you got guys like uh, Tony D'Angelo and uh, buchanichch uh, I mean those guys coming up uh, on expiring contracts uh you got younger guys on the team that are gonna have to come up with and, and be paid uh, you're already paying uh, Panera and ten eleven million dollars and uh, they they are in a position and, and they're stuck with Lundquist. They'd like to trade him, but he got he's, know not going he's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> so he makes nope. a lot of money. So uh, the most likely guy to be traded and the highest profile guy would be Kreider. Uh, you know, you could get a guy like Nylander from Toronto. He, he might go. Toronto's got to somehow improve their defensive play. Their yeah, defense, absolutely. The goaltender. They got so much firepower up front. But they they, they or capping. And one of those guys. From yep. the Leafs will probably go. Um, when when you look around and you think where else who else is going to go? Uh, maybe maybe LA or San Jose might trade uh, some of their what happened top to the Sharks, by the way. I think they they got they, they, they their goaltending to start with is, hasn't been that great for the last couple of years. You know, it got them by, but I don't think it was good enough. And then I think they started to get older, and that's why, you know, you got Pavelski's gone. They brought Marlow back. Thornton's come back for a year, but uh, you're, you're, and they've had a couple injuries. Now they've got to hurt a I, I think it's been a combination of uh, getting older and, and, and uh, somewhat, uh, you know, having, having some liabilities defensively. I, they got great offensive defensemen in Burns and Carlson, but defensively, Burns has never been a great defensive right, yeah. defenseman. Yep. And and Carlson's pretty good, but overall, I think they've uh, they've lost some of the guys that really helped them back there. And up front, they've got a little older, and and, and they haven't really replaced some of these guys the, the way they were the other guys were producing. So, a combination of things that happens. Good teams get older, and 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 you got to make changes. Otherwise, as we say, if you don't luck out in the draft, you're gonna, you you got to be bad before you're good. Exactly. What, what team from the West uh, do you think right now is the most dangerous? Is it St. Louis? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. St. Louis still looks like a quality team in the West. They, they really look good. Calgary's starting to play better. Edmonton is playing better. Vancouver, those three teams could make the playoffs. I mean, Winnipeg slipped because they lost about five defensemen. No team can well, lose that much. Buffling. Yeah, but no team can totally. lose those kind of defensemen and, and not feel it. No. And and
1: uh potatoes so, playing for the Jets on a yeah, regular basis. Well, he yeah, could barely play here last exactly.
0: year. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, and and Arizona's having some trouble lately, but they might be in so you're looking at four teams that uh, were in the playoffs basically and and they could be in the playoffs. So they gotta replace somebody. That's uh, why Nashville Right now, is out of a playoff position. Yeah, which is unbelievable. And they've been, yeah, they've been a mess. Yeah. They've been up and down and yeah. Granland I.
1: It's funny, Louie, Last week, I, I watched two games on national TV that the Predators were on back to back. Granlund looked unbelievable, and yeah. he's had a
0: bad season. But he looked unbelievable. You know, he's he starting last. Turned it back last off. month. He's yeah. He's been playing well for him. He, he's. I, I don't know if he he was happy there was different for him. He's the type of guy you could see getting. Almost depressed, you know. Yeah, being in a different place, a very quiet, inter- introverted guy. And but all when of he asserts himself on the oh, ice, he's, yeah, he's a yeah, hell yeah. of a player. Yeah, he but he started just doesn't to really do it play enough. well now, and that's why Nashville went on that
1: run. Last thing, your thoughts on the uh, Battle of Alberta, which saw a on Saturday night a goalie fight, which was very 1976 Lou. Yes, yeah, uh, between Mike Smith of what the Oilers now correct. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Cam Talbot of Calgary.
0: Those guys should have saved it for a Saturday night in summer and have people come and watch them. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's as stupid as it can be. I, I, you know, I, I, maybe they, they felt good it didn't to be warm part your of it. heart a
1: little bit to see these, no, to see these no. guys back in the.
0: No, I thought it was stupid. Looking like bull prey and Pete Peters yeah. back at Met Center. Yeah, no, I thought it was stupid. There was no need for it, and there is a big rivalry between Calgary and, and Edmonton, and it's, and it's getting rekindled, which is I like to see. But then, then you want really hard, competitive, uh, physical games. But you don't need stupidity on top of that. You know, there's no place in that. How would you like the quarterbacks to fight in football at the Super Bowl? Hmm. I mean, yeah, depends on who it is. I, I might, mean. I might take my picks.
1: Yeah, I lied. One last thing. Yeah, can you please go to your buddy Bettman and and the executives? Can we please get this bye week taken out?
0: Harry Sinden and I were talking about that. This is the worst. Sunday. This is the dumbest. It's the worst, dumbest. I, I've been seeing that since they made the decision. Carolina came back, awful. The Wild yeah. came
1: back, and I look. The Bruins are good, okay. Yeah. But the, how do you send guys in their twenties
0: to a beach to drink for a week during the middle of your professional season? I said at the time when they did it, awful. if I was a player rep, I'd have voted against it. Yes, I said you still have to play the same amount of games now in less days. Yes, you. T- and I, I, I said before the Wild, before the the break came, I said. This is the word I was being interviewed somewhere and I said this is the worst thing that could happen in the Minnesota Wild. They were playing extremely well. Absolutely. They'd won three out of four, they'd won uh, seven you know, seven out of nine or something. I said to go in a break like this to stop that momentum, I'd hate this. I just can't stand it. And and you know how it came about. The NHL made a decision to go three and three in, in the All Star yeah. game. Yeah, which I was. Without consulting the Player well. Association. Yep. So the Player Association said, We didn't agree to that. You got to give us something. Yep. NHL said, What do you want? The Player Association said, Oh, we want a, a four day break for every team. Now, how stupid is that? I mean, I can't believe it. It's one it. of the most backward ideas in sports I of all time. It. Yes, it is. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Jetson
1: Hockey Podcast, and don't forget to check out Lou Nanny's Place, Tavern 23, right off of France Avenue in Edina. That's where we are taping the podcast. Have a a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's Dog DNA Test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.